Well, you know my life It's in God's hand Oh, you know my life Lord, it's in God's hand Oh, Lord, You're listening to Imago Dei the podcast of philosophical and theological reflections for today's world. Today's episode is entitled The End of Death, Part 2, From Death to Life. Last week, Joe and I talked about the perception of death in today's world. We spoke about the lack of exposure to death and the ways in which we are shielded from it. Today, in honor of Good Friday, we talk about how Christ used death to point to heaven. What was Jesus saying about death during the crucifixion? How should we as Christians view and use death in our everyday life? We hope that the following reflection will give you some food for thought. Enjoy. You know, as Christians, we recognize death as a curse, as something terrible, something abhorrent. But as followers of Jesus, we also say death was the very tool by which God the Son used to defeat death and to set us free, and then lays out a program, as it were, a paradigm for us to follow, so that we ourselves can become free of the tormenting dread of death. Mm -hmm. And this is not a freedom, like the freedom uh, uh, supposedly given by the, um, let's say, existential, existential philosophers, of the like of Jean-Paul Sartre, Albert Camus, even Friedrich Nietzsche, who will say, what can one do? (laughs) We're all going to die. And therefore, uh, in one sense, life is absolutely meaningless. Um, Mm -hmm. It's empty. And so all we can do is create our own petite narratives and meaning, Mm -hmm. which could make life all the more meaningful because there's this kind of plasticity to it. So we can just... do it ourselves and make it as such, even though we know it's fading. For and those thinkers, a... um, mm-hmm. they didn't believe in an afterlife, though, so they were yeah. just concerned with this side of heaven. Correct, correct. And 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 there's a there's a there's a there's a romance to that. I I I I think there's a romance to it, but I think it's also just a perpetual uh, a fantasy. You know, it's, as I said to my my student, I shared with a student uh, just the other day for the existentialist um meaning making is like halloween Mm -hmm. you you throw on the mask for the day but you know this is not really you you act as if the love that you have for mom or for your child or vice versa is somehow meaningful but you know in the back of your mind that all of this is meaningless Mm -hmm. uh and it's just make-believe Mm-hmm. And and that's what you're left with. You're left with nothingness. You're left with all kinds of absurdity, uh, absurdities. If if we're to go with that proposal, mm-hmm. um. So death, at so least it, at, le- at least for the existentialists, uh, uh-huh. the atheist existentialists, at least they're wrestling with death, and because of that, their life is is far more full, I would say, than the person who's sheltered from death and acting as if death will never happen, even though we we have some sort of like, yeah, we're going to die one day, but we can, we can say that tongue in cheek or like, you know, passing. Okay, I know I'm going to die one day, but I'm not, I'm not really, in, I'm not like living in light of that. I'm living for, for other reasons, you know? Mm. How, is, how is death 
different than for the Christian? Yeah, um, and, and I would say in every which way. Um, it's coming from the nexus of the revelation of God in Christ on the cross. That that, that the centrifugal force of, 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 of that 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 followers of Jesus feel is centered precisely or rooted uh, radically within the revelation of God's love and omnipotent all powerfulness through the weakness of suffering human flesh, the flesh of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us followers of Jesus, death is a tool we we use to continue this work of undoing death's what appears to be eternal grasp. Mm-hmm. We we die to ourselves daily. That's the invitation. That is the call of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as Dietrich says, uh, Dietrich uh, Bonhoeffer, uh, he, he, he says when Christ calls us, he bids us to come and die. Mm-hmm. So we ought to, as Christians, shudder at the call of Christ. It's like, oh, snap, Jesus is calling. Ah, man, now I must die. This is not an invitation to the fullness of life the way we typically construe those terms, as if it's a continuation, just a maximum continuation of already our already American life. And like mm-hmm. the fullness of life is like, now I have the joy and contentment. Be. Yeah, now I have joy and contentment on top of the capitalistic gains I've, I've acquired for myself. Like, oh, this is the fullness of life. No, the fullness of life happens through the dying to the self. That means not only giving rather than receiving, blessing rather than cursing. It also means uh, turning the cheek rather than striking back. And it even also means dying (laughs) rather than trying to grasp at life. We say, here, here. And it's in that act of giving our life over that we actually obtain it. So that doesn't make sense, which is why Paul says we walk by faith and not by sight. Because in our in our fallenness, we want the confirmation. We want the prize in the here and now. We want to see like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want me to give up my life? Okay, what am I going to get now in the here and now? Mm. And all we get is a promise. <laughs> and so yeah. all we get is a promise. But But mysteriously, God in his providence, I believe this, uh, uh, reveals this logic through agriculture and through all of creation. This is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 about a seed that's sown in death comes up in life in the form of the plant. Mm-hmm. So when we give when we give our life over, it's in the form of a seed. And a seed looks nothing like the plant that sprouts from it. Mm-hmm. But yet we say on the other side, on the other side of the eschatological age of the plant as it were behold the plant we do not give seeds to our beloved you don't be like yo baby i got you some nice seeds today no we give her a bouquet of flowers bouquet of flowers could have only come through the through the as it were dying of the seed the burial of the seed and fascinatingly enough if you run the logic the the giving of the bouquet of flowers happens by way of cutting the, the flowers from their roots you know and so she can fashion them as such Check it out. I'm a, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I know how to use the Bible. <laughs> chapter chapter 12 of the Gospel of John. And I'm looking here. It's at uh, verse 24. And I'm reading from uh, the New Living Translation. 
which is the the backslidden translation but it, no i'm joking um <laughs> like no you're supposed to read from the king james brother what are you yeah. doing <laughs> i tell you the truth jesus says unless a kernel of wheat is planted mm -hmm. in the soil and dies mm -hmm. there it goes again this idea of death it remains alone it's just very interesting. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But, 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 its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Wow. And then he says, amazingly, in this, in, in, continuing in this pericope, then Jesus now goes on to say in a prayer, now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. So what I love about that, yeah, what I love about that is, like Jesus is saying about, you know, the kernel and dying, being alone. But it's through this going into the earth that many more kernels come out and a plentiful harvest of lives. And, 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 then, and then our Lord, this dude, says, my, my soul is troubled. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed about this. I'm, I'm sad about this. Mm. So, so Jesus is not some stoic. Uh, a philosopher who's not perturbed by the existential reality of his own death. He's like, no, I'm, 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 I'm stressed over this, bro. This is like, mm -hmm. this is, and, and then he says like, as if he's speaking to himself, following the great tradition of the Psalms, he's mm -hmm. kind of like speaking to his own soul. He says, no, but this was the reason why I came. This is it. And then he says, father, glorify your name. And then amazing, amazingly, then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name and I will do so again. And when the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder, while others declared an angel had spoken to him. But the father responds. The father responds to him in this. So Christ, yeah. was, he, he was confronting his death in a way. Like that, mm. that's how I interpret that moment. Um, yeah, yeah. It seems, and it seems like the conclusion that he came up with was to like just stick to the mission of utilizing death as this tool to glorify god the father yeah yeah which sounds so wild and crazy we are baptized into the metaphysics of what's happening behind all of this and and that's a journey yeah and and, and another series of conversations but mm. amazingly the revelation of god comes to us and as I've always said, baby talk, baby language. The Bible is baby language uh, in the sense that God is coming to us in a way that we can understand, in a way that we can relate, in a way that we can uh, uh, wrestle with it. You know, so it's like, oh, snap, Jesus is wrestling with his own mortality. I get it. I get it. And oh, wow, look at how Jesus like steps up to the plate and, and then grabs hold of his own mission and says, no, nah, I'm, I'm about this life. Wow, that's that's dope. Like I, I want to be like that, but man, you know, I I don't want to die. I don't want to die. But yet Jesus is saying, yeah, it is, it is, it does suck. Yeah, I know you don't want to die. I don't want to die. But I'm inviting you to be on this journey. And look, I'm going to show you the way. Mm -hmm. So, so there's something beautifully humane in this very inhuman way of living, life, what appears to be inhuman. 
again, faith, not sight, mm -hmm. faith, not sight, you know, but how, where, what are the boundaries of that? Because I can see that type of understanding becoming easily distorted mm -hmm. and taken out of context. How, how does someone today kind of wrestle with this teaching and understanding in today's world? Right. I think two, two, two things, uh, two responses to that wonderful question. Number one, we need community. We need each other mm -hmm. we, whom we can check in with. Mm -hmm. um, when, when we sense God is calling us, uh, we, we, we run that by a, by a faithful brother and sister and say, hey, man, you know, I'm getting the sense to give this up. I'm getting the sense to, to do this. What do you think mm -hmm. about that? You know, we, mm -hmm. we, we run that by the community. We, we, we check in with the body. Um, especially with those who've been gifted with, with discernment and, and a prophetic word. We, we, we run it by um, the scriptures, mm -hmm. spiritual di disciplines and, and devotionals. But the second thing I want to say to that is, um, and, and this re the second response is far less sanitary, mm -hmm. um, amen. And what I mean by amen is there is no limit. There is no boundary. That's precisely mm -hmm. the point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's precisely the point. Um, it's death, bro. It's death. And, and mm -hmm. um, as long as we're not going to kill ourselves, which is obviously uh, contrary to the very uh, ethos and logic of what we're talking about, if it's like, wow, like, Lord, are you telling me to, like, give all of my money to the poor? Are you telling me to, like, say, like, throw out my TV and I'm just going to, like, be on my knees for, like, 23 out of the 24 hours of the day like i don't know i'm, I'm being exaggerative here but like lord yeah. are you telling me to like what do you like what do you and and the spirit i believe the spirit will show up and mm -hmm. and and confirm to us i don't think we have the chutzpah as they say <laughs> to even pray that prayer or to get serious mm -hmm. with jesus like that, especially in our cushion christianity of america wow. so 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 amen to the second response which means there is no limit there are no boundaries it's death it's death uh and and the church is filled with amazing women and men of god who 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 saw that and lived it you know we, we consider francis of assisi saint francis of assisi and oh my goodness i mean so many who who when they heard the call of christ they heard within that call the invitation to death, and they gave up everything. They gave up everything. Whatever that everything meant for them, it was everything. Mm -hmm. It was everything. You know, what, what, what do we have to give? What, it, what does it even mean to give up everything? Mm -hmm. if, if God and Christ truly gave up everything, it's, it's still a poultry response. It's still... But it's what we have. And the Lord, our Father, our good Father, um, delights in it. The same way an earthly father delights in the little crayon card made by their four-year-old for daddy's birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, based on the means by which daddy already gave to the child because daddy bought the crayon set, bought mm -hmm. the paper, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't detract from the father's joy mm. when, when, when the child says, look, daddy, look what I made for your birthday. It all the more the father rejoices in us. Mm. And how much more, as Jesus says, does our heavenly father rejoice? How mm. much more does our father 
uh, in heaven desire to give us the kingdom. And we are perpetually inflicted and infected with a, a, a disordered kind of thinking where we tend to think of the father as a stingy giver. We always look at, at, at our heavenly father as one lurking, ready to hit us with the uh, chancleta, like the Puerto Rican <laughs> grandmother, like, oh, and, and the father just wants to give us a kingdom. Yeah, <laughs> He just wants to bless us. But the way in which we receive the kingdom is completely unlike the way in which we would see, we would receive an earthly kingdom on earth. Wow. It's not by grasping at life. Mm -hmm. That is to say, it's not by grasping at power and breath and and glory. No, Mm -hmm. it's actually the giving up. It's the giving up. It's the turning of the cheek. It's walking the extra mile. It's it's the it's the simultaneous fight against injustice by bowing to the gravity of injustice, which Mm -hmm. is not like the justice ethic of this world. You know, what do you mean I, by bowing to the gravity of injustice? I think of, I want to juxtapose just a juxtapose a Dr. King with a with a Malcolm X, and I think Malcolm X was very important in so many ways, and mm-hmm. um, and I think sometimes we can be unjust in comparing the two, but using the example here of Dr. King's Christian ethic, um, uh, he, nonviolent, nonviolent. So mm-hmm. here he is receiving blows to his body, being thrown in prison, freaking his own family, the death threats to the to the house, mm-hmm. uh, bombing the church, fireball, you know, uh, hosing down with beaten by police. This is what I mean when I say the bowing to injustice. That doesn't mean the giving into it mm-hmm. because he defiantly fought it all the way through, just like Jesus did. But Dr. King did it on the cross the same way Jesus did. Or it was a cross, a literal cross for Jesus. It was a bullet to the head for Dr. King. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we can easily, easily resort to, uh, you know, I think a style mm-hmm. and, 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 and a motif that says, nah, bump that, screw that. I ain't about that life. Like, you're going to come after me and my family? I'm coming after you. And I, yeah, I may not do it violently, but I'm definitely going to blow you up on social media. Dr. King was all about love. He was human. He had his weaknesses. He was yeah. broken like all of us. Mm-hmm. But he really modeled in the power of the spirit just a way of, of love and peace in the, in the presence of real deep animosity and hatred. I'm trying to figure out, like, just in my own life, mm. practical ways to do that. You know, just in the context of everything that's going on. And yeah, yeah. So much happening. It is so much. And I think there's always... I think I think part of the issue, going back to the question of technology, we mm-hmm. are given so much mm-hmm. all at the same time in terms of information, information overload, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have internet, they didn't have social media, they didn't have all yeah. the different news channels and, and whatnot, right? We fetishize uh, 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 this. This is our culture, right? We mm-hmm. make it a living to be to be up to date and whatnot. But think of it like this, Lewis. Think of it. Uh, concerning the things that you are deeply troubled in our current culture mm-hmm. let's say economically geopolitically let's just say let's say just say po- politically right and and the animosity you're perhaps able to witness within your own heart the anger mm-hmm. uh the righteous indignation the righteous anger perhaps but anger nevertheless mm-hmm. and 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 ask yourself how does that leak out how does that manifest Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, are you cursing, as it were, beneath your breath? Are you cursing? <laughs> uh, are you are you spewing like yo? I wish this person. I wish that person. This that I don't. You know, stupid. Da 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 da. Um, or are you transforming that animosity into a loving engagement with powers and realities? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a kind of death. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of death, right? Because we want retribution that usually is manifested in ways that that tear down the person that that we see as an our as our opponent. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where spiritual warfare becomes so so key. Why Paul says in Ephesians, you know, like our our fight, our beef, our issue is not with human beings. It's not with uh, flesh and blood, but it's with a whole slew of powers and principalities that are the invisible to the physical eye, but are very visible to anybody who who's in the spirit. And that's where the real fight is. And that's where the real power is. And it's very important to read that correctly, because if we don't read that well, we're going to read that as a way of ev- avoiding and being evasive, right? Mm-hmm. And not dealing with the issues like, oh, I'm just going to pray, brother, just pray. Mm-hmm. And then that's not what is being said there. Mm-hmm. Right? Pa- Paul wasn't just praying. When mm-hmm. Paul was saying, Jesus is Lord, there's only one Lord. That was a profoundly political, provocative statement, okay? Because the, that term Lord and Savior was ascribed only to one person at the time, and that was Caesar. Mm. That was the emperor of Rome. Yeah, it means speaking out, but it doesn't mean speaking out in a way that, that, that's filled with death. It's a way mm. of speaking out that's filled with life. But to speak mm. out life in a culture of death is to invite death to your doorstep, which means you will take up the cross in one form or another. You will have character assassination. You will be attacked, and whether physically or whatnot, and and so that's the death. That's death animus. The anim. That's the death animus principle of our fallen age. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can submit your questions and feedback to Imago Day Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you.